Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's been another beautiful day and the great weather is about to get even better. Now that, of course, depends uh, on whether you like the heat. Uh, throughout the lower mainland and the south coast, temperatures will hit uh, 32 degrees or higher in the coming days, uh, depending on where you live, of course. Uh, here's Global BC's Yvonne Shell, just in case you wanted a, the, an idea of the forecast this weekend. Uh, take a listen to Yvonne here. Hi there, I'm Yvonne Shell in the Global Sky Tracker Weather Center. Mainly sunny today, highs between 20 away from the water up to 24. A few clouds this evening will be down to 9 for an overnight low. Warm one for Friday, 23, inland 28 with the Humidex closer to 30 degrees. Hot and sunny though, leading in towards the weekend. For example, Sunday, Monday, the peak of the heat, 25 away from the water, up to 33. 33, that is hot. Now, uh, this won't be as hot as the um, heat dome that we experienced a few years ago, but authorities will be monitoring vulnerable citizens. In fact, when long stretches of hot days are forecast, how we prepare has changed. Joining me now to discuss the issue is Patrick Johnston, the mayor of New Westminster. Patrick, thank you for speaking to us today. Thank you very much, Jeff. Uh, we are not expecting a heat dome uh, this uh, weekend, weekend, uh, but temperatures certainly will be rising. Uh, what protocol do you as a mayor and as a council go through when you look at these heat events um, uh, moving forward? Yeah, the forecast for the weekend is starting to firm up and the city has different response levels based on sort of what heat is expected. Um, we don't expect to hit, to hit a heat warning level, which is something that Environment Canada issues. We sort of expect a special weather statement level and clearly we'll be nowhere near what we were with the heat dome uh, uh, in 2021. But we take lead from Environment Canada on what the forecast is expected. So. Under a special weather statement, we sort of expect highs to be around 30, but we do expect it to be uh, more tolerable at night and that humidity doesn't, isn't expected to be very high. So we gauge our response based on you know, what we expect from Environment Canada. Mm-hmm. It's certainly very early in the summer season to be receiving these kinds of heat warnings. But um, so right now we're monitoring the forecast. Staff in the city are preparing cooling venue commanders what we're doing is making sure that we have the staffing and the resources in place to open the cooling centers if they are needed this weekend. And we are starting to organize our communications and coordinating with Fraser Health with the idea that when, when we make a, have to make a final determine late, determination later today or tomorrow, we will be able to respond very quickly. And, and this is now a permanent process and permanent protocol for you uh, as we head into the, into the summer uh, moving forward? Yeah, as I said, it's, it's a little surprising that, again, we're going to have to do this. We're doing, having to do this earlier in the season every year. But um, we have taken a lot of lessons from the 2021 heat dome event and have updated our heat response plans at, at every level, at these sort of heat emergency and at the most extreme events. Now, we have... We've been really, yeah, we've been partnering with Fraser Health at every step along the way. So part of it is, is ramping up the response based on their advice and on what comes from Environment Canada. Uh, now, beyond cooling centers for a moment, what other things do you think 
your city and, and Metro Vancouver in general need to be doing moving forward if this is the new normal in regards to, uh, you know, an earlier, warmer spring and then heading into a, a hot summer? What kind of things do you think we need to be broadly looking at moving forward? Yeah, we have responses at various levels. Um, there are opening up cooling centers, obviously, but it's also about we're also going to be partnering with Fraser Health on setting up um, a, a central heat emergency monitoring central center in one of our central community centers. And that is where we're going to be able to centralize a bunch of high demand services. But, and also the, so the first responders uh, can evacuate vulnerable people there if they need to do so. We're doing a new outdoor cooling strategy. We're going to have up to 15 outdoor cool misting stations. And we're mapping out new new uh, approaches for our outdoor areas to make sure that people uh, know where to go for not just misting stations, but also cooling areas outside. And we're also working with Fraser Health on a, a pilot program for air conditioner loaning. The idea that a lot of buildings don't have that one cool room. And we're trying to partner with Fraser Health to figure out how we can loan air conditioners so that at least we can create a cool space in every building. Uh, and that's that's something that we're still trying to uh, work out the details on and, re- and launch this summer, hopefully for the heat for the heat season this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, your council colleague, I, I do believe Nadine Nakagawa, uh, presented or was supported a motion at I think the Fraser Valley Local Government Association. It didn't pass, and that was basically stating that you know uh, landlords are already responsible for, for providing heating for tenants. They should also be responsible for providing cooling now. Uh, there's a big broad conversation in and around that, and some may agree or disagree. But is that? Do you believe that's part of the conversation moving forward as well? Not just landlords, but building codes as well in regards to how we deal with these heat events. Yeah, that was a resolution brought forward by the um, city of Port Moody to the Lower Mainland Local Government Association. It was unfortunately not supported in a very close vote. Um, and the idea was that we need to engage the province in a conversation about making cooling systems mandatory, just as we currently do for heating systems. Uh, people in cities, people in the cities are not freezing to death in their apartments right now because we have mandatory heating standards. They are dying of heat exhaustion in their apartments because we don't have mandatory cooling standards. So that is, I think, a conversation we have to start having province-wide, not something I think any of us expected, would have expected 10 years ago. But I think we have to have that conversation. Internally in New Westminster, we're also doing a policy review um, to determine whether we have any regulatory tools in the city where we can require um, multifamily buildings that don't have central cooling to at least have an established heat emergency plan. So building managers, around the city in every multifamily building are required to have fire safety systems in place and have a functional fire response plan we may need to start applying that same scrutiny to extreme heat events now we have to recognize 600 people in this province died 28 people in new westminster died in that event in 2021 and that's not the last time that event is going to happen so uh, if we need to bring in new regulatory tools to keep people safe uh, during that next event i think that's something we can't take off the table Hmm. Uh, when we did we did talk about that particular topic with our listeners, and a lot of folks weren't happy in the sense that, you know, it's it's already cost prohibitive for many of them. Many landlords were calling in as well. Uh, do you think this is sellable to the public in regards to, especially to landlords, saying, "Look, you're responsible for heating. Cooling is going to be part of that responsibility moving forward as well." I think that uh, I think it's a difficult conversation, and I do think there are costs. However, we have to put that into scope that 
600 people in the province died in that event. 28 people in my community died, in my neighborhood died in that event. Life safety is the responsibility of building management and landlords. They have to make sure that the places they are renting out are safe for people to occupy. This is a brand new conversation for us. I don't think, again, a decade ago, any of us would have been considering pooling as being part of, of important life safety functions in our buildings. But that's the, that's the situation we're in now with, with climate disruption. And um, so, yeah, it's a difficult conversation. It's an expensive conversation. It's something that the provincial government is going to have to be involved in as a conversation about the cost management of this. Mm-hmm. But um, to just, just dismiss important life safety uh, requirements because of cost is um, is something I don't think we can accept. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes when I look at uh, an aerial view of Vancouver, I'm always amazed at the tree canopy on the west side of Vancouver, <laughs> and you compare that to the east side of Vancouver, and there's a glaring difference. And I bring that up in the context of climate change and the context of keeping people cool. I guess that's part of it as well. Like, you're going to have to look at even just planting more trees, or how do we plant trees? Where do we plant trees? How do we sort of make our our physical environment uh, respond to some of the climate change challenges before us as well. Yeah, the city of New Westminster has an urban forest management strategy, and we have set aggressive goals for tree planting, and we are emphasizing neighborhoods that are currently have the fewest trees because that isn't like creating an environment outside where these temperature spikes are mitigated by greenery, by, by tree canopy is part of that tool. But, you know, any effort we do today to address our tree canopy, we're not going to see the benefits of that for 10 or 20 years because it takes that time for trees to be established and be able to provide those services. So it's important that we do that work. It is, it is vital that we do that work. But again, that's a 10-year down-the-road plan, even if we do that work today. So we do have to look at the mitigation that we can do in the short term. Patrick, thanks for your time today. Thank you very much, Daz, for, again, talking about this important issue.